Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. The lesson for our meditation this evening is the gospel lesson which I have just read from Luke chapter 12 beginning at verse 13. Dear fellow redeemed, we are all familiar with the old saying, the grass is always greener on the other side of the fence. The literal meaning of this saying is seen when we see some cow or horse with its head forced between two strands of barbed wire, munching on grass outside the pasture, acres of the same kind of grass spread out behind it. How silly, right? Those animals will risk personal injury so that they can have more of what they already have in abundance. People, even Christians, do the same thing. How many people have envied the success of their neighbors? We tend to think, it's not fair. I should have all that. I work harder. I deserve more. In Bible times, a man would think, if only I had my neighbor's cattle, I would be rich. Or he might think, I wish I had my neighbor's servants. They would work harder for me than the ones I have. Envy turns to covetousness. Soon we wonder how we could get what our neighbor has. One day, as our Lord Jesus was preaching about the kind of care our Heavenly Father gives us, a man asked Jesus to settle a property dispute between him and his brother. Jesus had just told the people that God takes better care of us than he does of the sparrows and that he stands by those who are persecuted. But suddenly this man calls out, Tell, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. Notice how he missed the point that Jesus was trying to make. This man wanted happiness. Who doesn't? But he wanted it his way, not the way Jesus offered. To him, Jesus seems to offer some pie-in-the-sky happiness. But this man was thinking, if God were really taking care of me, he would see to it that my brother shares his inheritance with me. Jesus wants us to feel secure simply knowing that our Heavenly Father will give us what we need. This man, like too many people today, thought he could only be secure if he had more property. Jesus replied, take heed and beware of covetousness, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of the things he possesses. Too many people learn this lesson the hard way. The businessman who offers a higher wage to a worker than the worker is presently making so he can lure him away from a competitor has just hired a man whose loyalty belongs to the higher bidder. Many companies have done this, and then they've lost their worker. And the secrets he's learned to some other bidder and we've seen in recent years how banks fail. Businesses go bankrupt and people go to jail because they were living the good life at the expense of others. In our text, we see the eternal consequence 
of the thinking that says, Soul, you have many goods laid up for many years. Take your ease. Eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, Fool, this night your soul will be required of you. Then whose will those things be which you have provided? So is he who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. We see this also in the story of the rich man in Lazarus, where the rich man who had feasted sumptuously every day in this life, it, when he dies, ends up in torment in Hades. The man who had every material possession during his earthly life becomes a beggar in the afterlife, wishing for even momentary relief since he had no room for God or his word during his earthly life. Jesus says, Take heed and beware of covetousness, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of the things he possesses. In other words, we are not what we own. Our physical possessions could be gone in an instant. After the tornado that leveled St. Peter in the mid-90s, BLC alumni band The Divers wrote a song called You Are Not What You Own. These are words that you would never find on the pages of the Wall Street Journal or any business or financial magazine, but these are the words of God. And when God speaks, we take notice. The issue the Lord would have us examine is how we are to live in a land where we have so much. Now our first reaction is to dispute that. I can think of all kinds of things that I don't have, we object. But that's just the point. We always want more. An endless struggle for more is just as spiritually dangerous as having too much. The temptation in our world is simply good old-fashioned greed. Putting created things on a higher pedestal than the one who created them. Greed, after all, is idolatry. And we must confess that our culture breeds idolatry. It's not that we carve out idols and then hide them in our closets to use in strange rituals. The idolatry of greed is much more subtle, but just as sinister. It would have us believe that we are nobodies without the right homes or the right clothes. And bit by bit, we become convinced that genuine happiness can be found in those things rather than the God who gave those things to us. It's time to call that what it is, a damnable lie. Clearly, it is not the truth of God, and a lie comes straight from the devil. The Lord Jesus wants us to live free from greed, but not because he likes poor people better than others. He wants us to be free from greed so that we can have the abundant life he desires for us. He has an idea of what it takes to make you and me really happy. The God who keeps track of the very hairs on your head always keeps track of your needs and desires. The God who generously provides for the birds of the air also generously provides us with a spouse and all those material blessings to make life enjoyable. When it comes right down to it, greed is also a form of fear. 
A greedy person is driven by fear about the future. A greedy person is afraid that God passes by with the really good things and leaves us only with what is second or third best. So the greedy person decides he has to take care of himself and he calms his fears by collecting all the goods that God gave to his neighbor. Jesus says, my friends, do not be afraid of those who kill the body and after that have no more they can do. But I will show you whom you should fear. Fear him whom after he has killed has power to cast into hell. Yes, I say to you, fear him. Greedy people fear the wrong thing. They fear what can happen to them in this life instead of what can happen to them forever. But we don't need to be afraid of what will happen to us forever. We fear God because we respect his great power, power he chooses to use for our sake. If so, how much less do we need to fear what will happen to us in this life, especially when Jesus has promised that he came to give us abundant life? And what is this abundant life he has planned for us? In this life, he richly and daily provides me with food and clothing, home and family, property and goods, and all that I need to support this body and life. Jesus makes sure we can make a decent living. Sometimes we need to go through the hard times in order to find the blessings Jesus has in store for us. He doesn't guarantee that we will be rich only that we will have food and shelter. And he does bless some of us more than others. It has nothing to do with how hard we work, only on the goodness of Jesus. But over all that, Jesus offers us hope for the future. Covetousness comes from the desire to look after oneself. When Jesus gave us the forgiveness of sins and eternal life, he made it possible for us to be satisfied with the grass we have in our own pasture instead of hoping that we can get what's in our neighbors. We can know how life is going to turn out and through Christ we have eternal life in the world to come. What freedom that gives us now to live in hope and confidence. So how are we to live in a world where we have so much? We must begin with repentance. We must begin by taking an honest stock of where we have been and where we are with this demonic lie that life consists in the abundance of possessions. For all idolatry is sin, and there is only one thing to be done with sin, to confess it. If we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to purify us from all unrighteousness. He who is God in the flesh forgives us our sins because he bore them in his flesh and died our death, giving us new and abundant life. Therefore, we can say no to sin and the seduction of greed. We can say no to the lie that life consists in the abundance of possessions. We can refuse to buy into the lie that happiness can be bought and sold. Do you want to know where the secret of where true happiness and fulfillment are found? Quit looking out there somewhere that will give you happiness. Look to what you already have in Jesus Christ. 
We have our whole identity and fulfillment in him. By baptism, he wrapped us up with his death and he made us his own. Then freed from the struggle to acquire, we are truly free. Free to live contented lives. We therefore faithfully keep on doing what we've been given to do in our daily life. Knowing that all good things come from the hand of God. That is where true happiness is found. Amen.